All right, Derek Wetmore is in here. We have a ton of Vikings and Wolves stuff on the docket today, but we wanted to uh, devote just a few minutes here to not only do we have a World Series matchup, it starts tomorrow night, you can hear the World Series games on 1500 ESPN, but there's a couple names floating around, available pitching coach names, that have either been connected to the Twins via reports, in the case of Mike Maddox, or Chris Basio, fired by the Cubs, and that's a Paul Molitor connection going back to, what, Judd, the early 90s, late 80s, 1980s? when they played for the Brewers, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Wetmore, what would Mike Maddox and or Chris Bazio do for you as Twins pitching coach? I'd be curious about either one, but i got to say, I don't know enough about either of them to say, well, he would have a hands-on role in X, whether it's making Boreos into a legitimate ace or taking a young guy like Steven Gonsalves and making sure he's a contributor Long term, I, I think that one of the things that I'm following with this hiring for the Twins is not only who their major league pitching coach becomes, but also I'm curious to see who this coordinator is. Who's the person who's going to oversee the pitching philosophy throughout the organization? Um, you get a little bit of that with Derek Falvey, I'm sure. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he's involved intimately in those conversations, but I'm really going to be curious to see. Do you just go pluck a, a respected major league pitching coach and put him in charge of everything? Like give him a raise and say... Hey, all right, from the single-A guys that are 18 years old in the Dominican Summer League to Irvin Santana, you are in charge of getting the most out of this group. I think that's a really vital, important position. I I don't know how you fill that if you're the Twins, but I'm fascinated to see how they're going to do it. Do you guys think, uh, and I'm not saying that that this can be across the board, but do you think that if you've been uh, with a big league club for a long time, and the twins come to you and say, we, we'd like you to oversee things. You say, yes, that's great. Or do you say, no, my, my life has been as a big league pitching right. coach. Uh, what I'm going to be curious about here is this. And I'm not, I'm not trying to insinuate it's going to lead to dissension, but I am curious to see if it's Basio. That tells me, because he's Paul's friend, that tells me that, that they defer to Paul. If it's Maddox, that definitely means that, that the executives went with a guy that they liked. It's not a problem because both are good. But I do think it'll definitely be a telltale of who who hired that coach. I disagree. I I, I think that's I, I don't think you can glean that just because Mike Maddox comes from the Rangers and Thad Levine knows him from the Rangers. Theo Epstein trusted Chris Basio to help build their major leagues. And now obviously John Lester came in as a veteran and like Araldus Chapman came in, helped him win a World Series, but um but Chris Basio was instrumental in the development and the building of one of the best franchises in baseball. And I don't know, like, I don't know if he, if he was 80% deserving of credit or 10%. It's hard to say. But it's possible that Thad Levine and Derek Falvey could look at Chris Basio and say, wow, the work you helped with in Chicago, we think you're just the best candidate. Is it more likely that Mike Maddox is because of the familiarity Thad Levine has with him from uh, the six or seven years he was with Texas, Mike Maddox, that that would be the Twins' front office choice. But it's all speculation. Right. I will say that Mike Maddox from 2009 to 2015, whether it was success by association or whether it was causation, was part of a resurgent Texas Rangers pitching staff. Mm-hmm. And a staff that struck out a ton of hitters, went to a couple World Series. So... You know, again, like, is it success by association or causation? We don't know. I would think that there's some cause in there. Well, conversely, too, on the Basio point, yeah, it's Paul's friend, but Molitor does not strike me as the kind of guy who would just say, hey, here's an important position in the organization, and since we're friends, 
You're yeah, my no, guy. and ba- Basio is clearly good. Right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to say it's a favor. I'm just saying that there's a comfort there. And, and I know that when Paul got the job sure. initially, there was talk that they at least went to the Cubs and inquired, and the Cubs at that time said, no, Joe Madden's going to keep Chris Another Basio. interesting note, Jim Hickey's a free agent. He's a well-respected pitching coach who spent years and years in Tampa Bay. Problem there is he was working with Joe Madden, who reportedly is now going to interview him for that Cubs job. Yeah. So there, there's some moving pieces here. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see how it shakes out, but... I, I just think that there's a couple of ways that you can go if you're the Twins, and I, I'm going to hold off judgment on either one. One, you can go get a big name. Go get somebody you've heard of before. Mike Maddox, to me, would be that guy. The other is, and this is no disrespect to James Rousen, but it's almost like if you went and got the James Rousen of pitching, by that I mean somebody who's sort of respected in the industry, people know who he is, they think he's done good work in a smart organization. In Rousen's case, it's the Yankees. But let's be honest, the average fan, not aware of him at the time that he was hired. It's, who's their new, I knew who Bruno was because he played for the Twins, but who's this Rousen guy? And I wouldn't be shocked if the Twins did something like that. Yeah, there's some big name free agents available, so maybe you just go sort of the path of lesser resistance and hire someone who's already been a major league coach. But if I'm Molitor, if I'm Falvey, if I'm Levine, I'm looking at this and saying, okay, we have a lineup that's built to win right now. I, I don't think you need significant upgrades to the offense to be a competitive team next year. But they do have a pitching staff that needs a lot of help. A lot of that's got to come from within the organization. A lot of young players you trust and expect that they're going to develop. Uh, boy, I, I think that's point A as you're looking to hire not only a pitching coach but also a pitching coordinator is can you take Fernando Romero and make him into a productive top end of the rotation starting pitcher. Can you do the same thing with Steven Gonzalez? What can you make out of Aaron Slagers? Can you keep Kyle Gibson's career on track? There are a lot of questions because I don't think you're necessarily going to go out and spend Zach Granke money and just say, hey, two free agents, boom, pitching staff yeah. is fixed. I, I think, think you got to fix from within. you got to make sure that when you have a collection of Trevor May, Alex Meyer, Kyle Gibson, like highly touted big-time arms, and I could go down that list even further, sure. that you wind up with something in your in your major league rotation, that it's not just, well, these guys are coming through, and let's just hope to God that they come through and become aces. That there's that there's more to it than that, uh, in, in terms of modern teaching and direction and development. And that's why I think pitching coordinator is such an important role. Yeah, we, the development continues when you get to the big leagues, and you got to have a guy you can trust to bounce ideas off of, whether it's mechanics or just approach and mindset and things like that. Which is why I bring up Rousen, because he's not just a mechanics guy. He definitely has a hand in some mechanics. He works with a guy like Byron Buxton to overhaul his swing throughout the season. But from everything I heard in spring training, it was a lot more about like mindset and getting to know you. Uh, the cliches, you know, getting to know the guy before you can work on, yeah. on the machine. But I think that there's some of that on the pitching side that's, that definitely needs to happen. One One of the names that I was curious about sort of... I guess toward the end of the season would have been Ray Searage in Pittsburgh, their pitching coach. Maybe you could give him a promotion and say, hey, here's more money, maybe a little bit easier travel schedule. You don't have the grind of the major league season. Do whatever you're doing for the Pirates and fixing guys who are in like, you know, mid-career crisis and turn them into a valuable starter. Do that for everyone in our organization from low A ball all the way up through to the majors. Problem is... Searage and the Pirates agreed to a contract extension at the end mm. of the season. He'll be the pitching coach there for a couple more years. But I, I think that's the thought process that you have to have if you're the Twins. I'm not necessarily just going for a name. I'm going for somebody that can fix. 
dozens and dozens of pitchers all at once. World Series, Derek, who who you got? You got the Astros or Dodgers? You know, Dave and I were talking about this yesterday, and I'm pretty sure in spring training I picked the Astros over the Dodgers for the World Series. Now, I will say, Dave and I did some investigating. We went back, to, and he can back me up on this. We went back to try to find the tape so so we could prove this. It's been deleted. And I don't know who it was. Somebody has done away with the audio from the February Mackey and Judd show when I joined you guys and said, the Astros are my World Series pick. And I don't remember if you guys laughed at me, but just given our history, I'm guessing you probably did. Well, Judd, Judd probably did. Judd, Judd probably no, dismissed no, I it. I, I've liked the Astros for quite some time. I'm sure and I didn't. Dave, I, David, is this true? Is he telling the truth? Oh, I don't care who he picked at all. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, he told me that's who he picked, so I said, "Go with it." What the yeah. heck? He said, it's, it's very plausible. He said, "It doesn't matter if we can't find the audio. Run with it." So I think that I think this I was said an inside back job. in January that Aaron Judge was going to be the first rookie to hit 50 home runs, and you guys just <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I did laugh. You. I, I did completely laughed. I, did I found laugh at that audio. Actually, that's not true. So I, I don't know. It's got to be some kind of inside job that maybe deleted that tape or something. Yeah, just not yeah, trying to assign been, too much credit. Yep. Right now. The Dodgers are on fire, man, but I got to stick with my original pick. I think it's Astros over the Dodgers, and I just hope we get a World Series that's three-fourths as compelling as what last year's Game 7 offered. To be fair, SI picked it like three and a half years ago. They they were ahead of the curve. How about that? It was a a 2013 or 14 cover. Mm -hmm. Ahead of the curve. Congratulations, Houston Astros, your 2017 World Series winners. That was really cool. One more thing on Mike Maddox quick. I just went back and looked at some of those those peak Rangers teams from 2010-11. Sure. And Colby Lewis, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Colby Lewis go to Japan yeah. and came back to the major leagues? And he became their best starting pitcher in 2010. C.J. Wilson was borderline ace caliber. Uh, then they made a big trade. They they acquired Cliff Lee in mm-hmm. a trade in 2010. And the Twins tried to get him. I was and the, and say, the Rangers wanted to trade Justin Smoke yep. to get Cliff Lee. But, yeah, they had some really interesting Alexia Gondo. Did they have uh, Roy Oswald on one of those teams? I want to say at the tail end of his career. Texas, yes, they got him. Yeah, that's yeah, they did. They got. And look, I think there are multiple ways you can build a pitching staff. And if you're the Twins, I just think your highest priority has to be internally. You have to sure. get the most out of a say Kyle Gibson, a guy who probably a lot of people have written off, and I understand. But like, if he can be sort of that number four starter. Hey. Your your spring if if you get this job, I think your spring training number one goal is very simple: take Barrios from being very good into an ace. Sure, because he can be your ace. Sure, and and I and if yeah if he needs to spend a day a week on the couch talking about his life problems for that to help, you do that. Whatever it takes. But I mean, but when you get that job, I the number one selling point. If I was talking to people for that job, would would be tell me how you're going to take this guy from being very good and having very good stuff to being an ace. A couple of things, and I know you guys got to kick me out, but one thing that I would say when we look at, and this is another conversation for another day, but when you look at the free agent market and you look at what this winter could hold, I think if the Twins are going to spend big money, Phil, you and I talked about this last week, I feel that you should spend a lot of money upgrading the bullpen. On the Touch Mall podcast last week, I talked about Wade Davis, and I think he's the perfect example, the archetype of what you'd be looking for if you're the Twins and you're going to spend a lot of money. There are some good starters out there, and you can spend on starting pitching for sure, but I think the priority is getting that back-end reliever or two or three, whatever it takes. The second point I'll make on money, there there are no salary cap in baseball, but you know, you look at what your player payroll is going to be, and you have kind of an idea. There's no salary cap on what you can spend on a good coach, a good coordinator, a good front office member, anything like that. And I think the Twins should take advantage of that. And if you're going to go pluck somebody who's well-respected, 
pay him more money, give him a better schedule and maybe more prestige and be sort of a full system coordinator, I think that could be an area where you could go get some smart people from a different organization, too. Uh, on the Wade Davis conversation, you can find that. We did like 30 or 40 minutes on what the Twins should do to boost their bullpen in the offseason. My Touch them all take, podcast. My hot take for the winter on the, really, the debut offseason Touch them all podcast this year. It was. It was it was, uh, it was a lukewarm take, which for you is a scorching hot take. <laughs> but uh, you can find Derek Wetmore stuff, 1500ESPN.com, and download and subscribe to our Touch em All Twins podcast. Here's what you may have missed on a recent episode of Football Headquarters with Sean Zobel. I'd like to welcome to the Football Headquarters podcast a good friend of mine, Tom Pelissero. It's a shame that Delvin Cook gets hurt when he did because he was yeah. I mean, he a lot of fun to watch, and he was such a versatile threat for them. I think, to your point, the way the offense has evolved is in part because you have backs who are threats to do more than one thing. With Adrian Peterson, you know, he's one of the greatest runners I've ever seen in my lifetime, but he sort of just did one thing. You can find the Football Headquarters podcast on iTunes, Podcast One, or 1500ESPN.com's podcast page. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. This... Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 23.